हेलो 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 एंड वेलकम टू दी आकाशन फ्रेंड्स पॉडकास्ट और दी आकाशन आकाश मेहता एंड फ्रेंड्स पॉडकास्ट इट्स कॉल्ड एम एफ आई डोंट केयर लेडीज एंड जेंटमेन टुडे इज अ गुड ओल्ड फ्रेंड आई सेड आई वुड बी गेटिंग गुड ओल्ड फ्रेंड्स एंड एंड पीपल हु बीन आई बीन वर्किंग विद ऑल दिस टाइम ऑन एट द एंड ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट रन एंड एंड दैट्स एग्जैक्टली वॉट वेर डूइंग लास्ट फ्यू एपिसोड्स टू गो एंड टुडे इज अ पर्सन हु एक्चुअली गॉट मी इन टू पॉडकास्टिंग एंड हु एक्चुअली गॉट मी ऑन माई फर्स्ट एवर पॉडकास्ट दैट आई एवर डिड एंड देन गो होस्टेड विथ मी फॉर द सेकेंड पॉडकास्ट that i ever did and uh, you know and and yeah and we're just waiting to figure out what next podcast to do so ladies and gentlemen it is my great honor and privilege and uh, funzy feelings to call on my good best friend i would say in comedy navin norona hey man yeah what's up ha se kahan hai i'm your best friend in comedy i like that like a lot of people introduce me as the best friend in comedy yeah. because uh, in real life i'm very detached like only when it comes to comedy <laughs> I'm like yeah, let's talk. I think uh, like I say, best friend in comedy, but like we didn't bond over comedy that much. We bonded over best friend things only, like depression and all. Yeah. Uh, so that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we met uh, in 2013. 14. When you started comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your comedy career is as old as the current government. <laughs> <laughs> and the jokes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice Sometimes. your nail polish. That looks so nice. Is it on both hands or is yeah. it only on the one hand? No, only only one hand. Why? What is the Because, story? Uh, why only on one hand? I don't know. I'm very bad at painting with the left hand. That's why. So that's There's why no you reason. have a boyfriend at home, no? He's very bad at painting in general. <laughs> like he he started with the thumb and he painted out of the lines. So I was very like angry because I want like I'm a nice artist. Right. Like my favorite thing to do is like paint between lines. It gives me like nice pleasure right. to do that. So nail polish is same concept, but only you paint your nails. So like right. you know. I personally really like the color of my nails. I know you can't see it because of the light, but like I really love the color of my nails. I think like it's a uh, hmm. born pink. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a a lipstick, sh- uh, sorry, a nail polish shade which looks exactly like my nails, and people pay, uh, you know, twelve yeah, hundred bucks. Yeah, there is like the the nude color. People prefer that like the nude illusion, but without any of the blemishes of an actual nail. Right. My nail so, has yeah. no blemishes. Okay, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do, do you remember how we met? Yeah, it was uh, so basically I'll tell you how we first did not meet, and I knew who you were before I met you, okay. because uh, I had come to the Hive open mic where like the whole jing bang was there. Literally everybody like now who's active in the scene yeah. was there that night. Yeah. uh and uh, we were all like you know i was obviously the outsider the first time so i was like just observing all of the camera was hosting nimesh adwani was there akshay shinde uh deep uh you kanish aditi uh who else who else like lot of kamal trilok singh i think was oh, there man, yeah uh <laughs> so like the whole whole you know the gamut of comedy scene and i was an outsider obviously yeah. uh you went up first because you were writing for aib back then okay and uh, up top you like you went and killed so all the season acts so to say even utsav chakraborty was there uh, so all the good acts went up first because most of you were working with aib so you're like did your mics and fucked off to ah, go to work for the ah, ib okay. while all of us newcomers were left at the back so the second half was pretty sad in general not funny yeah. uh, until i went up at the very end huh. like my spot because uh, camera forgot to call my name and mm. then like i had to remind him that hey i exist and then like he was like okay whatever come huh. and then i went in my first 2 3 minutes were pretty well like because i was the first time there was this gay person in the comedy scene who was talking about right. not the first time in general but like someone who was in the bombay scene like 
breaking through as if almost. And you were like the first, and, uh, your first time on stage. You were you were talking about being gay as well. Like that was that like your yeah, and, and that was also your first time on stage talking about being gay, and that was your first time doing comedy as well. Yeah, first open mic ever. Yeah, just in general. What a boss! I don't know what what behooved me to like do that, yeah. but like, uh, yeah. So I remember like I wanted to like talk to you after the show because I was like, hey, good set, you know. Mm. You had done that joke about your father throwing you in the water and waiting for you to like uh, come up. Oh and man! Go, like she, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that crazy goes, that you remember that joke because I had completely lost that joke in my brain somewhere. I'm just like I'm sorry to do this, <laughs> but I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you were like, "Fir se baj gaya," you know. Mm. And then I like, I really enjoyed that joke because like, okay, that's the level of like, you know, my dad and my equation also very similar. Yeah. So it hit close to the house. And then like, you bounce obviously. And then that very week Monday, people told me that Thursday is an open mic happening in this uh, shady room called Studio Sixty Two. Yeah, in Goregao. Jo kamra hi drag se. Yeah, basically. So what happened over there was uh, I was working a two to eleven p.m. shift, okay, okay, at my workplace. So I had to ask for special permission every time I wanted to do an open mic to work early in the day. Yeah. So and also figure out what PC is free in the office so I can use it. Yeah. You know. And then that evening I came and I did that uh, open mic with you guys and I had no spot, but you said if there's someone cancelling, I'll put you on. Yeah. And that's how we actually met. Ah. And uh, mm-hmm. you gave me your Akash Mehta card, which is like comedian, musician, entertainer types. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Navin Narona party, party MC. Yeah, you know, yeah. Talk, I don't. <laughs> a stupid ass card. I still think I have it somewhere, man. That was a, that was a stupid card. That was a nice card. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have it anymore. It's crazy. <laughs> It's like a past that I've totally cut away from, like that link altogether. Yeah. So I had like signed up with this uh, Christian, uh, like a you know, like a magazine which has like all these. Uh, It's like a. A memoir of all the performers or whatever in the Catholic community, right, like right, MCs right. and you know, wedding dress designers or whatever the fuck, cake designers. And my thing is still in there apparently. So like, I still ah. get calls around every December. They're like, "Are you a party comic?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a comic now." And they're like, "Oh, what does that mean?" So then like, they get into intricacies of what I'm doing now. As yeah. of, like, they get. Uh, how how But, yeah. how much does a party MC get paid? Oh, very nice actually. Yeah. Like in the in the December November December season when like the whole wedding season starts. Yeah. Like I have an uncle uh, called Everest Maskerena. He's retired now from the whole business, but he was like an evangelical preacher also. So like he had like quite a big vault in the scene. So like his starting rate was like twelve k for a for a rose, ah. which is a day before the wedding, and then on the wedding day it would be twenty five k and above. Right. And like right. and for a for a professional MC it was quite big. Like my days also when I was seventeen, eighteen, I was earning five k a weekend. Right. Just by like doing this. Right. And then the maximum I got was nineteen thousand once. Right. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. all. And 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 this is this was a time when like I mean you yeah I remember you working like that extra job and then I think the what really made us bond the most was just those random three a.m. conversations on WhatsApp where we were both like maybe depressed to be depressed कितना depressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it is it uh, is it is it weird to you that um, like in the sense that like like you've closed that door to go back to party emceeing, but like if you if you could like if that door were to open again in some sense, like would you go back and like censor like you know because like you you have to be super censored as a party emceeing, right? Yeah, yeah. So like which I can't actually like I think even towards the end of my emcee days I was still I started doing comedy and that thing overlapped. Yeah. Okay, so. There were times when at a baptism party where a child is getting baptized and the party is happening and everybody is like doing this and all. I have said fuck 
on mic literally loudly like and there's there's been like dead stares from all the uncles and aunties yeah. so like while comedy is that liberating where you can say what you want and like say the way you want yeah. to say it uh christianity and that whole mold of like you know close mindedness kind of truncates you in almost all respects because like i remember the first comparing gig i had for a wedding hmm. i was so like nervous about it that i did like I watched my uncle's VCD actually like <laughs> from my sister's wedding right. and a couple of other family weddings I got all the CDs and my uncle had like this whole uh, like a system that he had okay like so and so things have to be said like for example mm. there's a wedding march that happens when when Christians are supposed to like you know bring their partners along and uh, you know supposed to like do this whole march around the hall and then they call like they make this whole uh, arch with their hands and the couple goes through it like a tunnel it's a whole beautiful thing yeah. and uh, so he had this whole like monologue for it like you know right. like uh, for example the other day i met uh, auntie lucy and auntie lucy was wearing wearing the wedding ring on the wrong finger uh. and i said auntie lucy why are you doing this uh. and she like what to tell you everest i married the wrong man and he was like ha <laughs> 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 so then it's like doesn't matter if you're with the wrong man or the right man bring them on the floor so i would i would literally like take what he was saying and copy that because i was so nervous to yeah. create any of my own lines yeah. obviously 2 years 3 years down the line i was improvising and i was creating my own shit but like this is the level of like humor they would love okay yeah. and that's the level you have to cater to like for example again one more thing he would have is like whenever there was a toastmaster when the yeah. when the champagne is popped mm. like uh, he would be like sir my wife today he would say this i didn't have a wife so i would see my mom <laughs> but it was so weird because my mom my <laughs> and i tell you why it's weird because he would say my wife had slipped a note into my jacket and uh, i read later which said k i s s and my friend looked at it and he was like hmm everest your wife is saying kiss and uh, he's like uh, no no what she means is keep it short and simple ah. and that's when the crowd loses their shit <laughs> so like that's what was supposed to be done mm, okay that's mm. the level of maturity that they have and that's what you tackle with mm. but beyond that i keep i tell the story now in my new set where like i talk about my mc days mm. where we used to organize one game mm. for like couples okay i like and, that like, the sound of wives. my mc days it sounds <laughs> yeah, like a rapper's name only yeah yeah this is mc <laughs> yeah. days <laughs> Yeah, this MC Day is coming at you with the God Spirit. Uh, hit you with the holy. Anyways, so uh, there was one game we used to play where like the husbands and wives were supposed to like come together and play this game, mm. and the wife would sit on the chair, mm. and they had to put straws. The husbands had to put straws in their hairs as much as possible in a sixty second, like a minute to win it kind of game. In, in the wife's and hair, and everybody got a yeah, in the wife's right. hair because they would all have like you know. party hair or whatever so obviously if they have short hair in their fuck already so it's like people laugh they have a great time yeah. and i was like very pro at organizing this game because i would do a gender swap thing where i'm like uh, wives will just like stand by while husbands do all the work okay so they'll bring all the chairs and they're like wow husbands are bringing chairs for us yeah and i'm like now arrange the chairs in a circle and they're like wow they're so hard working and i'm like now put your wives on the chairs like the princesses the queens that they are uh-huh. and they're like wow we're really honored uh-huh. and then this one time instead of like just starting the game i said okay now they're on the chair one second, now set one them second. on fire uh-huh. <laughs> fuck ha uh-huh. huh, sorry my mom uh, felt it necessary to interrupt our little podcast ha huh. okay <laughs> the punchline is ruined now i'm so okay. sorry So yeah, they, no, no. I'm in it. I'm still in it. We'll edit it out in a way where it doesn't feel like it's sort of work. Okay. Ah, uh, so so then they would bring the chairs and they would all sit in a circle. And I'm like, now wives are on the chairs. Amazing. Now husbands set the chair on fire. You know, like that's how. <laughs> so and and again, the dead silence. Okay, they're not okay with any kind of like dark humor or whatever. Uh-huh. So I was just like, this is not for me. That was one of the last last two times I hosted. Right. And then I did some family functions, and then I was like totally out of that scene altogether. Hmm. Uh, But is it is it like what's the what's the average day? like how much you're you're there for three hours four hours like 
that's how much your yeah like for example if a if a party starts at 8 you have to reach there by 6:30 so you like oh, that's quite early. my job was to like mainly coordinate everything like everything has to go in a certain fashion right. so yeah mc is not just keeping the crowd in check but also like the caterers the dj the light guys the the cleaning boys everything has to be okay. streamlined it's not it's not easy actually i'll tell you like i learned this very early at a very early age yeah. but even at the age of 17 i could walk into a hall and control the entire room which is like filled with older men who have done this for longer mm. but i still had to have that you know level of confidence that I am running this shit and I know what to do so you shut the fuck up you know like big big men like, and then they had respect for me like in the church and everything that immediately brings you a lot of respect my mom was really proud of me because they were like oh our son is an MC like you know it's a big deal yeah. you don't realize how big that deal was so that's why like my, my departure from that is equally shocking to the entire community because mm. not only to my parents but the entire church and the Mirabai in the circuit who knew me right. they were all like why would you do this why would you take something that you already are good at and then run away from it in a, in a direction which is where you're coming out you're denouncing religion and all of that so right. it became a public affair almost right yeah. so it was like my life was very gossiped about for the longest time you know yeah. and people told me that years later in fact people would come to my comedy shows 4 5 years down the line right. my close friends from work from my college from my uh, mm. church and everyone they told me later on that how much people have spoken about me behind my back right because they found some kind of validation in discussing how this person who was the perfect image of whatever they had in their mind right. digress from that you know what's that like though like i mean I, i catholic communities in mumbai are very tight knit i don't know about the rest of the country i've uh, my first interaction with them was through our common friend rafael when i went to law yeah. school and i realized ki oh man yeah. like like the church is such a it's such a centerpiece to your social life it's not just a place Absolutely. where you go on sunday it's where you go through the week and it's where you meet your friends and you do all these competitions and creative activities where they're all uh, and there's so much more uh, uh, i don't know the english i forgot the english word protsahan hai like you know what i mean ki <laughs> like enthusiasm yeah, and, and encouragement. encouragement like there's encouragement towards yes. uh, artistic things there's encouragement towards oh, for sure. of course within the purview of the censorship that a church would have but like there's still so much yeah yeah uh, My very mm. public speaking skills come from the church. In fact, like if I right. had not went up on stage, like we used to have these parents' day functions, yeah. then we had the annual day functions for the church, and then we had this church competing against the other churches. Yeah, zonals, right? right? From the yeah zonals. Mm. So like Bandra has the zonals because Bandra has four main churches. Mm. Uh, in our area, we have Mira Bandra, which is like the Mira and Bandra churches. So two churches in Mira and two in Bandra, right. and then there's like Uttan and whatever, but no one there Marathi. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> we had this English speaking four churches, and so they, we would compete. All the youth group would come together. We would have all these uh, rally games or whatever. Like there were there were all these activities, mm. plays. and so in every church like there was one person who was always like the leader so to say and i was that person i very unabashedly took that role up because i wanted to be that person because uh there was no outlet for me growing up there was nothing where i was like creatively endowed right. uh but i was not able to like uh do it because again i'll tell you the dichotomy of binder is that this binder east and binder west okay now binder west okay. has more east indians uh it was like a very old fisherman settlement which was converted way back so right. they're very like we are portuguese descent or we are dutch descent and very they're very proud of it mm. and they speak marathi and everything so when a binder east catholic person who's a goan or a mangalorean or a mallu moves to bind the west they're a little outcasted okay okay so that's the i i kind of like find it very hilarious now now i look back at it like we talk about like how even muslims may shia shunni happens huh. even in christians there's east indians mangalorians goans and malayalis right. and then andhras and all. so like this this that bifurcation also so while in bind the east we were a very close knit family and everybody was like really tight irrespective of your language you spoke 
Bayandar West was not so good. Like, you know, we remember this one time a priest was actually beaten up in the middle of a church uh, procession. What? Because, uh, yeah, this is an actual story again. This happened uh, during the Holy Week where Good Friday and Easter happens, mm. Monday, Thursday, mm. Last Supper, Good Friday, and then the Easter Sunday, right? So before the Good Friday Mass, the choir had some Konkani singers who sang Konkani song, mm. whereas they usually song, sang a Marathi song because East Indians, right? But because they sang a Konkani song, the people attacked the choir first in the middle of the mass, in the middle of a prayer thing that's happening. And it's a big deal, okay? It's like a very holy day for Christians. Yeah, yeah. So, so they did not care for the whole ritual or whatever. And they went for the choir and then the choir was like, hey, we got permission from the priest. So they like attacked the priest also. So, so the priest had to run away from the mass altogether oh, and hide in his room and stay hidden till the Easterners were calmed down. Yeah. So... It was kind of baffling and that's when like one of the last few years I was in the church, uh, you know, zeitgeist so to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fucked up man. Like if, if you are saying that you are proud Christians or whatever and in the middle of something that's precious to you, you do this. Yeah. It's it's not sensible. I didn't, I didn't find any yeah. sense in that and I was very angry. So that would happen also like, you know, between the churches. And uh, so that's what we call a deanery, buying the deanery. And I was a youth leader in that area. Right. Representing all the churches' youth, and then we had to represent the archdiocese, hmm. which is uh, Bandra. So, like the whole Mumbai is under whatever. Yeah. So, best part was because of that role that I had. That outlet first was in my church, and then when I got became I became the president of the uh, deanery. I could travel to Bandra and perform my activities over there. Hmm. So now I was like meeting with kids from different walks of life altogether. Hmm. Some of them who were like you know people of sons of prostitutes or whatever who had then converted and now were like participating in the church to some extent mm. so it was like fun like I think a lot of it came from my early days in the church but uh, the duality or the dichotomy of it I couldn't understand right. so I think th- what that what that kind of also tells me is how much more uh, how much more pressure it would be to leave an institution like that because it's so intrinsically part of your life right and and yeah. And to and I think when we met is sort of when you were going through all of these motions as well, right? There was uh, I think you were uh, I dare I call it a crisis of faith of sorts. Uh, would you categorize it as that? No, the faith was gone a long time back. Like I told, like all these little little like you know there were microaggressions in the church which I would like diagnose as like problematic. Like you know one priest ka outster was like a whole big fight. There was a donation car corruption in my church where like a few men okay. like basically took the money from the church and were like not giving it back because there was a new church building being constructed and they were like doing apply in there. Right. And I was like looking at all of this and I'm like, my faith does not like quantify all of this to begin with. And then like the more I read, once comedy started, obviously like we were pushing the whole left wing chain of thought altogether, right? Because you're watching all these comics talking about feminism, about uh, sexual liberation, about gay rights, which I was talking about. Yeah. But uh, again, because it came from a place of like, hey, I'm just discovering who I am right now, but here's my belt, you know? But right. the deeper I dug into it, the more I understood the pedophilia and all that. So like, the faith was like, gone a long time back. Even in college, I would say I was agnostic towards yeah. my final year. And then I moved away from it. But like, I would still do the appearances. Like, I would still show up every Sunday, you know, talk to people. And it's a whole deal, you know, like in Christians, like when you go to church, don't just Mm. go to church. You go to like an entire event, you know, like you Mm. have your friends and we'd all walk together home, pick Mm. a spot for breakfast, go to our favorite South Indian joint after Mm. after mass. And these are lovely parts about it also. Yeah. But uh, the way I went about it, I just stopped going to church one day, like cold turkey, just like didn't wake up one day. And uh, I woke up, Mm. but I didn't feel like going. 
which were a peculiar color so yeah so yeah. definitely uh, that was uh, even like <laughs> when i stopped going to church slowly slowly like i would mm. tell my mom and dad to go ahead because then we'd catch one rickshaw and go together but i'd be like you all go ahead i would give them rickshaw money i'm like you take rickshaw money and you go ahead mm. i'll come after some time so i would mm. wait for them to leave so i couldn't go for a bath i would pretend to go for a bath and I smoke a joint <laughs> shit i just said it i just said it's it. okay just, it's okay <laughs> it's gone and i smoke a And that was in 2014. Okay, so yeah. it's not in my bloodstream anymore. Yeah. NCB. So, uh, so then, like, you know, then I would reach mass also. Like 9:15, the mass would start. I would reach at 9:45. You know, right? Just like strolling high as fuck because early days of getting high, so obviously you're you're baked. Okay, just like you're seemingly high. And my friend Terence, who's known me and whose car is still like we used to roam around before, mm. and he's like, "Do kitna bhante do? Like, stop coming to church altogether." I'm like, "That's a great idea <laughs> because if I don't come, I can stay at home and I can watch whatever I want and I can yeah. be, you know, myself." So that's how it initially started. Yeah. And uh, also one more option available to us was to go in the evening. So if you don't feel like going in the morning, there's an evening 6 p.m. mass for the sinners. Okay. My mom would say that this is a mass for the sinners who are not willing to wake up and sacrifice their morning for the God. This is for you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a hardworking motherfucker who wakes up every day at seven and uh, catches a train at 8:25 to go to Bandra car side and yeah. do my thing and then do an open mic and then come back at one yeah. and repeat this every day. You think I'm not hardworking? You think God wants my sacrifice for again? and then like intense yeah. arguments would happen in the beginning of that but like i enjoyed that i would like take my time there was no withdrawal from the church at all so it was the you also mentioned that like you would give the rickshaw money right like and this is a theme that i've noticed with your life throughout like uh, uh, is are your parents very old like is there a lot of gap as compared to the average uh, parent child relationship yeah. Like I was born much later in the relationship, in the marriage rather relationship. <laughs> so I'm like eleven and nine years younger to my older sisters. So right, like that's huge. they both, yeah, they're both married and have two kids each. Uh, while I'm still like, well, while they were both married, I was still in school. You know? Right. So that was kind of. So weird. parents and are now what late sixties, mid six, late sixties. Fathers mid sixties, mom is just turned sixty now. Right. You know? Right. So yeah, they are like very shriveled and old looking in general. I I look at them as like prunes, you know. Like all, I I remember them as like a version of themselves that was like we can do anything, you know. My mom used to run a babysitting business, a tuition business, and a pickle business parallelly. Right. And my father was in Israel to like support our upbringing. Yeah. And my father came back jobless, so like he was angry for like a few years, and then he got a job, and then he retired because everybody at the job hated him apparently. Oh no. Which I find sense into, but like uh, you know, like hmm. you so didn't like. Hmm. didn't plan so much for the future i would say they were like they were first level migrants they had moved into the city and they were just like trying to make ends meet and yeah. it took them years to have their own apartment in fact you know from like living yeah. on rent in chols and whatever so that upgrade in life for us was a big high marker in our life already right. so the next upgrade was going to be me as their son taking them to a next notch you know right is it and then and yeah, that's, that's that's interesting to me right because like a lot of people will categorize 
when the conversation about it comes up it's about like oh man yeah navin is that comic who's gay and he talks about big gay but what they don't realize is that it's not just that it's the cross section of society in terms of sexuality is there and then the cross section of society in terms of economic background is there how many comics yeah. today were who who grew up in the santa cruz ka chol right and yeah. i think Uh, and i think that 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 is what makes your point of view the most unique because even when you talk to uh, you know people who are very vocal about homosexuality in india um uh, I, i mean pro homos not the ones who are uh, <laughs> haters Either but ways, like i talk uh, to everybody yeah no but like whenever i have encountered people who are very vocal they they happen to be from a certain economic background that gives them the security to be able to say these things out yeah. loud abhi ka pair aa raha hai piche um So, God, so, it's it's interesting to me that you know uh, um, uh, that that perspective is the really the one that I'm so much I'm like not I'm not more interested in it, but I'm I mean I feel like that is just as important as as the 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 gay the it's not just the gay guy talking it's the gay guy who you should be listening to because this is the guy who came up from the street this guy does not have a economic fucking fallback this the guy does not yeah, have daddy yeah, to take care yeah. of things uh, never. In not that's in, thing, like, in any I, sense. Even even now, like on my YouTube, like there's so many kids who comment. Like kids starting mm. from the age of 15 to like 20, uh, by trans, gay, lesbian, and mm. they have no one to go to because like a lot of times like we don't have queer counselors so much in India. Yeah. And if there are, they are charging so much that they can't afford to. So like yeah. for a kid from like Jamna Bay to like who's feeling queer can go to a counselor. Mm. Uh, but somebody from from my strata of society from from beyond, yeah. you know, let's say Gorega, in fact, you know, uh, yeah. we we do struggle with our own issues before we even come to terms with our orientation. You know, right. for me, like my whole thing was okay. If I come out today, they'll throw me out of the house, and then what do I do? You know, right. and like it was a duality again because I was like, I'm the only one supposed to take care of them. I remember this one time very clearly, and I won't lie to you because I was working at a job, the job I told you, the two to eleven job I was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had followed my family to get that job also because I had left LNT, which was an engineering job, to go mm. and work as a content writer at a lower end of the tier system, starting right. from the bottom, really, literally. Right. And when when comedy happened, I first applied to like tell them that hey, I'm I'm not interested in working here. I want to leave. And uh, this very manipulative kind of a manager I had called Mahesh Desai, and. Uh, I I can call him a cunt because I have wiped his vomit off my legs. Okay, so I don't care. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's a different story altogether. But he called me into the cabin and he's he's trying to like make me convince that okay, you you don't want to leave, you don't have to leave mm. because uh, he's like who's owning at your house? And I'm like nobody. My sisters are married. So he he dug deeper. Okay, like he was trying to like get into me, and I was a young kid who was still like trying to figure out my scene. Right. I I I broke down in his office. Okay, I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm like a 22 year old employee. At a content writing firm, breaking down still, I don't want to disappoint my family. You know, I, I'm mm. just doing all of this to make my mom proud because she has expectations from me. Mm. So that whole phase was very weird because I didn't want to let them down. So I always tell kids, even now, no matter what your background is, secure your fucking self first. You know, make enough money, have a savings account, then some, invest in some, and then like tell them yeah. because then you have something to fall back on. You know, my yeah. eventuality, even if my my coming out was an entire two year process. It was not overnight. Also, you know, right. So that's the whole story I've told in my set also, and course, in my new yeah. special also. Like, uh, I, I dig deeper into where I come from, my origins also, because Nanak, as you know, uh, yeah. he was the one who saw me first doing my first solo, the Good yeah. Child, and he's like, "Good, this is good. You're talking about stuff that that really matters to you. You're talking about where you come from, your emotions and everything. But yeah. who are you? 
who yeah. are you really hmm. what what how does this joke make navin narona navin narona you know hmm. and uh, after that there was like almost a renaissance of sort where i was like i have to dig deeper so that's when i really went back and started talking about like my insecurities as a kid bayander haven because of that like i would never talk about bayander because when i first entered the green room of a hive or a canvas laugh club yeah. everybody in that room was from south bombay including you everybody was from south bombay andheri bandra all all high end places yeah. living in two yeah. bhks with their with their families yeah. sorted married almost so i didn't feel like i was welcome there almost because first of all i am the the, the queer one yeah. so i'll come with a mental block that i'm not going to be an easy yeah. blend to this whole thing which i know is not again i people can be like hey we are cool i know it's not that i know in the green room that the the air changes i know it i can sense it i'm not stupid i've been queer my entire life i pick up on these things okay right. second was the socio economic thing so i would also like yeah. you know be be shut about that you saw you saw me the beginning days of canvas i would just be in the corner yeah, yeah. mostly rolling a joint for everybody and, and you're, you're that's the way i found you're really a quiet person also you're not the kind of I person observe. who opens up very quickly to to new people yeah, as well yeah yeah I I notice more and I observe more. That's what life has taught me, and I'm okay with that. So like when I got into the whole scene, I realized that that's that's the pushback I will get, hmm. and that's what I have to circumvent eventually. Hmm. So it's it's being aware of that. So Bayander happened because of being open of the fact that hey, I travel every day, and hmm. then like I I was assuming that the comics will be like chi to Bayander sir, and that's that's how my brain works. Like chi yeah. to achute. You know, I'm like that's not the case yeah. because they were immediately like oh fuck you travel every day for an hour and then you now you go from lower parallel to Bayander again you'll change three trains yeah. and I'm like yes and then immediately they had a little bit of more respect for me. I felt yeah. that you know yeah. so being honest helped me a lot and now in my new set I talk about my child days. I went even further back in time. And what it was to grow up in Santa Cruz Chols and how yeah. miserable a life was over there. Yeah. Uh, and even there, like the dichotomy of like growing up in a in a chol environment, but also being a boy to a middle class family. You know, there's certain privileges that even my sisters wouldn't and, have. And a boy chol. that came after a lot of effort, like in terms of your parents yeah. really, really praying for it and and doing yeah. the whole Christian version of mannat mangna. Uh, yeah. So they they pray yeah. to this uh, thing called Navena. Which is mm. in Mahim and Navina is mm. in Navina. So yeah. I do this whole story in my shadow side also. Uh, mm. So yeah, I'm, right now I'm like enjoying the process of doing my sets because uh, I spent a lot of time on them. Like I, I'm, I'm, I think your and my writing ways are very different. Yeah, because you have a thought and you pen it down immediately. You create a structure and you go on stage and you. I, I uh, don't write shit, to, but like yeah, I. I you I, make a structure at least. I've seen you like make flow charts and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which we did in Bangalore, remember? Yeah. But Only for that one special. <laughs> yeah, you worked really hard on that one. I'll give you that one. You, oh. you were like, you were like really into it, because you you <laughs> even when we would meet, meet normally, like normally we talk about normal shit. You would talk yeah. about your jokes even then, and I'm like, hey Akash, <laughs> 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 once in a while, let's just talk about life. Yeah. Yeah. But so so yeah, you would create a structure, but like what I would do is I would just like go straight into the set. Like yeah. I'm as raw as possible when I first do it. Hmm. I don't write anything, and then I write after that. Like once I've gotten what I want to feel on stage, yeah. I work backwards, and then like I'm like, hey, there's so much more to explore here, you know. Hmm. Like the remember the the Ramdev Baba joke, which I used to do back in my first few days of sets. Yeah, like, yeah. Because we all found out that Ramdev Baba has a conversion camp yeah, where he's yeah. like, I can convert gay people, and that joke never felt a part of any set until the coming out of my mom's set came around, you know. Hmm. So. And, and I remember like watching that develop also, and I remember just feeling like, yeah. like we all felt like, ha, like it just like 
Yes, it's come. Like it's now it's where it belongs. Like finally, jigsaw puzzle feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how my writing has always been. So it's mm-hmm. always been like okay, experiential, but like now find the humor in it, working backwards. Yeah. Is there? Is there? Uh, uh, man, I just I I feel like there's so much more to talk about when it comes to this, right? Like because like in Bayandar, though there is some degree of security. You mentioned your dad worked in Israel. Um, yeah. Uh, what did he do there? I have no idea. So I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. I'll work again. I like I like to work backwards always. So mm-hmm. uh, one day my mom gets a call. Okay, my mom gets a call, and I, and it's like I even thinking about it now gives me goosebumps because my dad was supposed to travel back from Israel to India. Yeah, and this was a very tension filled time. When this the is this is when Akshay Kumar had to come and uh, save everybody. This is that time. No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was much earlier. That was the. Uh, Kuwait Gulf Times. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hmm. That was my mom's situation, where she was involved in the airlift esque situation, huh. where Indian company, the Indian government, had to intervene and get the citizens out of Kuwait because of the Gulf War. That was early, and after that, I was born. Yeah. But my dad went after that to Israel when the Palestinian and the Israeli Israel war was conflict. beginning. Huh. So they were like all the Indians or whatever they were sending back, hmm. and uh, my mom gets a call, and she takes the receiver. And then she drops the receiver. She just drops the receiver, goes against the wall, and starts sobbing. Okay, I'm seven or eight years old. Right. I have no idea. Then my sister, the phone is dangling like this. She picks up the receiver. She keeps it on the phone and she like, hello. She hears something. She does the same thing. My mom went to this wall. She went to the next wall. And I'm like, can somebody tell me? And only my mom and sister are at home. And I'm like a kid who's confused as fuck. Okay. Yeah. And the phone is still dangling. So I just put the phone back and I cut the tone. Okay. And now my mom's crying and saying your father's arrested. Your father's arrested, and she's just crying, breaking down, saying that your father's in jail. They got him in Israel, and now they're going to put him in jail. And we all know how Mossad is, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> they were scared that Mossad only has taken my mm-hmm. father. And my father's younger brother, uh, Vincent Karki, he remember who passed away when we were at the farmhouse last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes home with tandoori chicken. Okay, he used to work at a restaurant. And uh, my eight-year-old brain is like fuck tandoori chicken, so I forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm eating tandoori, and my parents are crying, and my uncle is like, "It's okay, he's fine, he's fine." Mm. And then like everybody's crying, saying that my father. And like by now, my mom's friends have also come home, like her right. area At friends. At this point, my how much time have you spent with your dad? Also, considering that he's been working abroad, right? Uh, three years, I think. My first three years, and then he was gone. Then he was gone, right? So you barely yeah, know this yeah. guy. I don't know my father. I I just know him uh, from like phone calls because there was only phone calls back then. Right. And that to like very expensive ISD phone calls. Yeah. So we had to schedule it on a night. And I remember Akele him Akele Tum had come out back then. Mm. So there was a song called But I Love You Daddy. <laughs> so my mom would force me to sing that song to my father because he liked that song. And I'm I don't like the song, but I'm like ha I love you daddy. Huh. I didn't even call him daddy. I didn't call him papa. It was so fucking weird. But anyways, <laughs> you called him so, papa. Yeah, I still call him papa. Okay. Uh, yeah, mummy papa. That's how. That's how. You just say I call uh, my papa papa as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, papa is like transcending. It's like even in Spanish, like papa. You know, it's like it's very such a cute thing. Hmm. Uh, I think because most kids when they start talking, they say dada or papa first. Yeah. And that's a patriarchal thing. Anyways. No, my my nephew so, says mama only. He he don't he don't give no shits. 
He like, been trained well. He he doesn't even he he barely says dada. He, it's just that that da sound is easy. That's all it is. It's just that he <laughs> yeah, just goes yeah. da da da. And my dad, my brother is like, dig dig dada. Bula, bula. Nee, bro. Who was dada? It's basically da, 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 da. a jaw opening. That's all the sound. How it is. Da da da. The tongue connecting to your upper. Anyways, uh, so my mom is crying. Ladies have come to our house. It's a yeah. whole scenario. Yeah. And uh, I'm eating tandoori chicken. I don't fucking care. and then like later on we found out when everybody is listen after a few minutes one more phone call comes hmm. and i'm still focusing on my chicken i don't know what the call is about this time yeah and now everybody's laughing everybody's fine i'm okay. like what the fuck happened was my father arrested like i'm concerned but let me focus on my chicken hmm. but i'm also concerned okay and they're like no he's not arrested he's detained so he was just like held back at the airport for a little longer because his flight was delayed that information my father gave to my uncle who is also working in israel right. he called his wife my aunt who was in mumbai and detained became arrested with a phone call and that phone call came to my mom like that chinese whispers so your auntie jo and ek ek lady hai वैसे भी i still like even right now she involved too much in my life she like uh, she called my mom and she be like ask navin not to be gay i am like tere ko kya ja raha hai lady just fucking mind your own business now fucking cunt i hate this woman dude like by the way the same uncle who was uh, called her first is now accused of a minor rape case okay so like not a minor rape case he raped a minor kind of case you know so his court case is still on so i don't know what judgment they are bestowing upon me when their fucking own daman is you know dirty yeah anyways so my family is like that only but uh, yeah so my father when he finally came i had i thought seen my father in in physical form uh, it was quite let down man <laughs> it was just like All the hype was not worth it. It was right. just like a very hollowed out, angry man uh, who's now become much fine. Like he's much better now because even Abhishek, like he'll meet my father and he'll be like, "I don't know what you're complaining about. Like you base so many of your insecurities on your father and how he brought you up, but like he seems fine. I'm like now he's fine after like all of us left home and he had nothing to do but talk to my mother. Like that's when he finally became a better person. Right. Otherwise, he was very like always angry. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like. You know, having a father, you can't yeah. ask him how his day went or whatever. You can't have a normal playtime around him because he comes home, takes his clothes off, wears his longi, and just starts hitting whiskey. You know, like then yeah. where do you find like that's, the comfort? That's that's a that's a that's that's a great point though. Like I agree with you. Like you know, sometimes the the anger towards our parents, our friends will always be like. You know what are you so angry about? And I'm like, you weren't fucking there. You weren't there yeah, for all of there. it. You know, and yeah. I I agree. This guy you met, he's a great guy. You know. I love this guy too, but this is not the guy always when you are not around. Yeah, अभी ये विकसित हो चुका है. Like this updated version of my father. And it's also like a outside face and an inside face. Like even me, dude. Like I'm so much more irritable. We are all so much yeah. more irritable with our loved ones than we are with the people outside. We have so it's so weird to me that we have infinite patience sometimes for strangers and fans that we meet somewhere. but we don't have the same kind of patience for our parents and that's i think because that history is just so much yeah. and so many things never get resolved the worst part is i grew up to be my own father i grew up to become just like him that's the worst part tu bhi lungi pen ke whiskey peeta hai ha to kya main to lungi nahi uta uta ke fake peeta uh i slowed the balcony so entire society can see no actually uh my father has peculiar habit like if he's mad at something he just shuts down like you know it could be the most trivial thing like somebody crossed him on the road wrongly and somebody gave him a nudge which he didn't like and then the entire family had to suffer for like 3 days until mm. his anger went down mm. you know his favorite team lost whatever just like the most trivial thing mm. uh and i'm like i'll never be like him until mm. i started living with my own partner and over 2 years 
like if he upsets me i also shut down i just like mm. immediately i don't his existence doesn't matter to me in that in that frame of time i disregard him entirely Hmm. He could die I could not blink you know that's how I am as a person hmm. and I'm like what how the fuck did I become this person dude huh. and so now I actively t- try to like you know talk as much as possible like if there's issues we we clear it out uh in fact like something very interesting happened when I went back home after the lockdown like 3 months 4 months I'd not seen my family hmm. because I'd gone there after Australia I gave them the Australia chocolates and goodies and all of that and then it was effectively shut down right so even from Mumbai car to Bangalore I couldn't travel yeah so Uh, when I did go back, I went there for ten days, which was a big mistake because I was also in the process of leaving a job in that point of time. Mm. So again, that whole my mom and dad discussing of how he got a job, and again, his jobless can't hold a job together. Mm. So, and all these things like it's a build-up of all these things. So I end up breaking down in front of them. You mm. know, I shouldn't be, but then like spending the entire lockdown alone and having lived my entire few few years like in in isolation, almost like being mm. a loner. all these things like kind of came to the fore and like for the first time in many years because i broke down my mom broke down my father broke down we all just like had a first time ever we had a cried full together. on like yeah. honest conversation like you know we, we, we cried and everything about like everything you know like all the things that were said in the past where i've said i asked if i told my mom like in anger kya i wish you died she brought it back up yeah. i told her what you said you called me abnormal when i told you i'm gay i brought it up so yeah. like you know, all these things that we were like feeling back then and we didn't like put a picture to it we didn't said said the record straight we finally got that chance you know so everything came out in the four including my father's uh, inability to talk to his kids my mom mm-hmm. sat down and told him if you ever listen to him then he would tell you because he tells me everything why would you listen and then mm-hmm. like everything became very clear for a second you know mm-hmm. so now after that every, every time i've gone back there's a level of honesty mm-hmm. and there's a level of clarity now which i enjoy mm-hmm. is that it's i'm amazed at that dude i th- i don't think my family is capable of that I don't think uh, uh, we've had the kind of um, I don't think we've had the kind of turbulence also uh, in that sense. Uh, but like, but like, yeah, man. Like, it's it's for me. It's at home. It's like uh, it's empathy for them, and then there's frustration towards them, and then there's empathy, and then there's frustration, and then there's empathy, and there's frustration, and and I I I think both of us also really related on the fact that we are the youngest in the household. Yeah, and it comes with like just the weirdest of expectations, right? Like, and and it's just the it's it's so hard to be taken uh, seriously as an adult as you progress through your twenties and you start sorting shit out. You know, it it's like just today morning, man. Like my mom will listen to some random person in the building over me about stuff that is happening in my house. <laughs> you know, like that's that stuff that I am looking at, like with my eyes, and I'm informing them. So it's like it's just it's. I, I don't know like i i think we can't blame them but then at some point some days i feel like man we need to hold each other to a higher standard also sometimes to try and change each other but then i feel like yaar yeah. 60 60 saal ke aadmi ko tum kya bologe badalne ke liye yeah, yeah. like even like with, with religion my mom and i have always like but it helps like even now she's okay with the fact that i'm living with a guy hmm. it's okay that i have anal hmm. sex it's okay that i'm out in public she still hmm. has problem with me condemning religion like hmm. you know But the last time I went home, she she said that okay, because this whole bishop in Kerala verdict had come out where he had raped nuns and mm. instead of punishing the bishop, they punished the nuns mm. like in typical Indian fashion. And my mom, as a woman, she for the first time felt the pain of that woman. She was like, "How could they do this? If if there's five women saying that hey, here's a man, could be a bishop, could be a priest, could be a man of God, but he did something wrong. Mm. Uh, so that's not justified. You know, you can't do this. So for the first time, her belief in that whole 
They have lived a life too. We we discount that fact that okay, yeah, we have discovered the internet, so we know more, yeah. which is great. But then, how do you know how to fry a fish? No, you don't. Yeah. We have no idea. No, how do you know how to a, go to a market and haggle? Yeah, there's no there's knowledge to just having been around. Like if you've yeah. just been around for longer than someone else, you just generally I think know more shit. Mm, you know, yeah. like when this pandemic happened, like and I was just sitting and one day randomly talking to my granddad. And he was like, "Man, this is like the third pandemic I've seen." And I was like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, because he was alive like during World War Two. Kita wo pele, he was born in nineteen." Uh, 19- the Kolkata famine. Hmm. Like so, he's he's pretty freaking old, dude. He's in his nineties, man. So like, yeah, he's yeah. seen shit that is, and he's he's seen it at a point where they were even more helpless to do anything about it than than we think we are now. Yeah. You know? Like and they didn't even yeah. have therapists. They didn't even have concept of mental health. They just went like, okay, let's just like fuck it. Like let's just keep going. You know, yeah, this yeah. is a, especially our grandparents' generation. Like they saw a partition okay. of a country and the violence that ensued after. You know, and they just like all went like, okay, we're just gonna keep going <laughs> because we're too poor to fucking have an opinion about this right now. Yeah, like my my grandpa, like my my grandparents, both of the my mom and dad and my. Mm. Uh, yeah, sides. Both of them had passed away before I was born. So my my dad's uncle is my grand grandfather. Uh, my my dad's father, mama essentially. Mm. So he would tell us stories about like how when they were kids, there were still Portuguese sailors around. Like there was like the port was active. The Mangalore port was like very actively right, used right. by by Portuguese people, right? So like it was like they had seen like so many governments come and change. So like now Modi comes, Sonia Gandhi comes. They give no fucking shit because they have seen like like they have. Five different forms of documentation from their childhood because of the changes, right? Right, right. So, like Portuguese, British, you know, uh, Indian, whatever. Then, like something else. Right. So they they don't that's what jilted by that time. Like I remember when we had first gone, like I was five, and uh, my grandmom never wore a blouse. Like there were so interiors of Mangalore that they were just like, you know, they just wore a sari with a pallu on, and the pallu was supposed to cover them, not not the blouse. So they were just like walking in the fields, like blouseless, and I'm like, that's. For the fuck, you know, and then like we remember we had gotten a TV, okay? Like some cousin from Mumbai had gotten a TV hmm. to Mangalore, and we had turned it on, and uh, DD was playing. And back then DD would take a break, like they would play the news. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, that BMC wala hai sanitize करने को घर. एक second pause करना पड़ेगा. कर लो. मैजिक ऑफ फिल्म एंड टेलीविजन दैट कैन मेक यू वंडर की ये लोग पिंक पर्दा के मैन इट वेंट उट 
uh, yeah. where your where your family still has a pig farm. Uh, yeah. Man, I just here's what I want to know: Are they really as smart as people say they are? They are fucking intelligent. Yeah. Like pigs are generally like very understanding creatures. Yeah. They understand what humans are saying. Mm-hmm. They care for each other and for the animals also. Right. And uh, and the fact that like how I had fucked up by going and not knowing this because I was like 13, I remember, mm-hmm. and uh, 13 or 15, I think, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'd gone to stay at my uncle's place, and mm. my uncle had like an entire pig farm, beautiful place because they have like different sheds for different animals also. So they have chicken farm and everything, mm-hmm. and they take everything is like sustainable in their entire house. Mm. Like even the food that comes for the pigs, basically they have a tie up with a restaurant where they take an entire you know like twenty liter drum with them. And my uncle also has a rickshaw. He used to drive a rickshaw, but now he doesn't. Now okay. it's for private transport mm. transportation. So he would drive the rickshaw. Uh, and I went with them to see how it's done. So he and his son would go to the back of the restaurant, and all the leftover food that they've collected that day from the plates or whatever, and from the kitchen, they would just like dump all of it, and like a very disgusting smelling mix of all kind of sambar yeah, yeah. and chutney and whatever of all day, and then they would just like use that to feed the pigs right. because they literally like, and uh, but they loved it. Dude, they would fucking go crazy for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so my uncle had like pointed out like which one. Is going to be like you know, culled in the coming days because mm. it's reached the eighty kilo plus mm-hmm. mark where they go to the market. Uh, so one day beforehand, I went like, "Hey, wow, nice!" And I went to the pig that was going to get killed, and I'm like, "Oh, you're getting killed tomorrow in Konkani." Right. And my uncle just like without thinking took the pail that he was emptying the food in and hit me in the face with it. And okay. he's like, "Are you fucking stupid?" Like, so all the fucking. I remember there was a bengan in that which was squished, and the bengan ka remnants oh. were in my face. Uh. And he's like, "Are you stupid?" I told you not to stay this around him. Tomorrow is going to be a task. Yeah. And and next morning I woke up to sounds of a pig grunting loudly and running crazy. Okay. Uh. Because the moment he opened the pen, he knew that he was going to get killed because I had opened my dumb mouth. Right. And everybody blamed me for it. And so like then four or five more farmers from the neighborhood got involved. So it was an entire pig chase. It was beautiful actually because I was just like standing and watching this pig go berserk, and I'm like, where will it run? Like there's a river next time and there's a mountain here. Where yeah. will you run, you stupid pig? That's and then then. How do you still eat pork after you see something like that? It's delicious, dude. <laughs> I think the the taste trumps everything. <laughs> Have you eaten pork? In fact, that that very day when when they killed the pig, like, first of all, my uncle was like, because you were involved in causing trouble, you will help us now. So then I was asked to come forth all the way, and like his legs were tied with the rasi, but I still had to hold it like because it was too unsteady and watch from like fifteen centimeters away, like its neck being cut right. with a sharp knife as like hot oozing blood comes out, yeah. like because. Any creature, when you cut their neck, the blood is boiling hot because of, of the yeah. temperature inside the body. So it was just like I was watching it flow from, and what they used to like transport the blood to a container is like a mango tree bark. Like they have this ah. not, not mango, sorry, a coconut tree bark or palm tree bark, okay. which is like very sturdy. So they would just like shove it under the pig's neck, and the blood would flow. And as it was flowing into a container, it was coagulating because of the yeah. heat level, right? And and some of it was splattering on my face also. Like it was so close to it because. That's the life over there, and yeah. and when I first gone to Mangalore, I had strongly thought of like moving there because the city life was done for me. Like when I was very young, my whole life was you know Alexander uh, Supertramp, like Christopher Bacandlis, the guy who ran yeah, away yeah, yeah. Uh, into the wild. The whole story, yeah. very inspired by that. So I was like, I was happy with like fifteen, sixteen, yeah. Okay, okay. So very idealistic, very 
adventure was this a so point where you were uh, aware of your sexuality like were you exploring it actively at that time like in fact it was for the first time in mangalore i had like my cousin and i kind of like played a little bit it's very weird but like you know it happened a lot of and, kids uh, uh, initial sexual encounters happen to be with uh, family yeah in, and in a, i always thought it way yeah it was embarrassing obviously i didn't want to like say it out loud until years later because then i started doing a podcast you know when kibri queer happened i realized that that's such a common pattern throughout queer boys yeah uh, the cousin now is going to become a priest so you know <laughs> the signs are all there uh, at least i'm honest about my orientation you know so the first time a little bit of like uh, you know handy playing thing happens it was with my cousin when i was 15 uh, but went to the back burner it was not until i was 18 or 19 i came to terms with who i am because right. i even tried dating girls like from the age of 16 17 i was right. dating girls i was trying to like you know see if i want to make love to them or whatever yeah <laughs> i can't even say have sex with girls that's how gay i am <laughs> i'll make love with girls <laughs> that's what hey and it's so at this point like i mean i'm just thinking right like if if you know you're gay you're not moving to a village in mangalore you know what i mean uh yes and no hmm. first of all like in terms of like wanting to get away from people altogether because that would be like i would start a new chapter altogether so right. i had strongly spoken to this about this to my family as well my mom was like my dad does have some land but it's under dispute right now you know and uh, it's a whole like it's a clusterfuck so we dropped the idea altogether but there was a very strong possibility that if i had chosen to i could have moved and lived in manglo by myself and mm. started my whole life you know from scratch so that was very alluring but again like i knew that lifestyle over there would be very difficult as compared to the city life so like yeah. by the time like i had come to understand my orientation and also had sexual encounters not only with my cousin back in mangalore but local trains happened yeah. like i i i i know people say like hey navi you mentioned that in a lot of your sets but it was such a pivotal part of my life that that whole local train uh experience Yeah, I'm amazed. Like whole like, sojourn of sorts. Yeah, those stories that you have told me have blown my brains out. Cause I had yeah. no idea this was happening. Full on, right. it happens like at a very open. Like obviously, people don't know because of the crowd, but it happens. It's very obvious. You have to just like play the cards right. Know which one of your other members in the train is like you. It's like it's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. So the for, kind of for those of those, those people who gone. haven't heard this story, could you just like give an idea of what the fuck is going on in the local? Which trains? one? Which one do you want to hear? Just how does this? Just like some these people don't know, right? People listening, y'all don't know what he's talking about at all. So so just okay, to give some context, okay. yeah. Okay, so this one I know because I I was wiser that day. Hmm. Most of the times I was not wise, so I'll tell you the not wise one as well. Uh, first one, um, so I'm just I'm sitting in a train, and back then I used to read papers, like you know I used to buy newspapers at the stall at the newspaper stall at the station, mm-hmm. and read from Bandra to Bandra hmm. because I was studying in mine, so I, that was my journey. Okay, so one day I'm reading newspaper, one man comes, so I'm sitting down. Okay, I'm on the on the seat. and a man comes and stands in front of me okay so while i'm doing this i'm holding the newspaper he is rubbing his crotch against my hand okay hmm. so like must have happened a mistake in the beginning but i enjoyed it i'm like okay so i keep my hand hovering there for a little longer right so and then slowly and steadily this guy is getting very hard okay like he is full on getting a boner so now i fold the newspaper in like four parts so i can keep it against his crotch all together and shove my hand behind the paper and i'm groping him okay i'm full on like fucking touching his penis 
and uh, and unzip him and put my hands inside also okay like you know in a crowded evening train nobody knows okay then uh, when bayander comes i have to get down and this guy doesn't stay in bayander he knows like he, he knows i'm getting off so he follows me okay so now while I'm, i stand up and i get off with my bag and for me that was the whole thing i touched his penis i enjoyed it. i'm 17 okay so i'm like this is fun and i get off and i start getting off this guy comes and stands behind me first of all and he's shorter than me at that point also so like he's trying to like first of all hump me from behind and i'm like oh whatever but i like penis i guess i don't know so you know and then i get off at binder and then i look behind he's still there he he gets off with me okay right and he's like jagah hai and i'm like i i don't know what he means uh, and he's just like so while i'm walking on the bridge he's following me also side side me i'm trying to avoid him like he's side me only he's coming right and then like while getting off the bridge he held my hand dude like he just grabbed my hand like uh. this and then he puts his hand to to his face so he starts doing this kissing on all my palm and i'm just getting scandalized more and more because i don't know how to react because obviously i've let him on by letting fucking touching his penis but now i don't know how to get out of it because now wherever i go i think he'll follow me and i'm i'm still a kid right? i'm 17 so i tell him like there's a restaurant here we can go here because it's a bathroom there and so i tell him to go ahead so he goes in the restaurant and i run away from there and now there's nothing else to hide into so it was only this hp gas booking station over there where my gas we used to book from so i ran inside there and i just like i booked gas instead of like doing anything else so uh-huh. i and, and i'm standing at the entrance of the gas place and i'm looking out and he's like kuch tension hai koi koi aapko dara raha hai kya and i'm like nothing nothing but how do i tell him that i'm uh-huh. a faggot yeah. who's being chased by a faggot you know it's kind of crazy so then i quietly like open the door and i catch a rickshaw and I run home so that was a very scary point because you don't yeah. know what the man will do right absolutely uh yeah uh the second time i would say uh i was working by then i had all these like i was in my early 20s uh there was a man called uh, i'll say his name i don't know why i said his name but no one's going to look him up now uh so i would like travel late at night again like 2 to 11 job remember so i would like travel 11 13 in the night and this guy i once saw him in the train okay and uh, so from the entire duration like when i got in andheri to binder we had just like not stop looking at each other there was no physical whatever it was just like it was an empty train so we didn't even take the chance of like doing that in the first place so he was standing there and i'm standing here and we just like gawking at each other okay and uh, i'm like and he's quite my type also so i'm like you know he's he's, he's a very looking guy chubby mm. cute whatever and looks well educated or whatever so i was like yeah cute then he he got over mira road like that's where he stopped first so he got over mira road and i went and i stood by the door to say to see what his deal is hmm. and instead of going people really get off trains and start walking right they go to the bridge this guy stood there and kept staring at me and the train moved and he kept staring and i kept staring so it was like very you know like a very yeah, romantic yeah. thing almost yeah like you don't have that for for queer people especially like we don't have that narrative in our lives because this is very bollywoodized but no one told us that this is possible for us as well like aako ya ko mein we can also like right, right. have feelings you know so this was i think the the beginning of december of that year uh i saw him he saw me we forgot about each other and then we moved on then december 30th like the new year ka pehle wala day i see this guy again okay this time i'm traveling alone because earlier i had my friends so i didn't take any physical steps so this time i was alone so i'm like hey i remember you from last time he's like yeah yeah i remember you as well and then like we just chatted the entire journey of the train we just spoke so we were just like speaking and then we found very common things that he used to live in the same building as my event organizer and all that so i'm like great so then we got over at mira road and i just wanted to sit on the bench with him like you know for the first time i was having this very naturally you know built moment where i'm finally talking to a man without mm. going to a dating site or like touching his penis in the train you know mm. so but then he also wanted the same thing 
turned out like he just wanted that one night ka satisfaction so if you know mirror doesn't have a west it only has east there's only like salt pans in the west yeah. so we ended up like going in the salt pans and making out and like you know rubbing each other off and me like being that stupid 20 year old i was like wow i know i really like this guy so i'm like hey i'll meet you for new years and i called him on new years he didn't answer and then like i kept calling him till the 12th of jan <laughs> even after 12 days into january like mm-hmm. an idiot and uh, yeah he didn't answer my phone mm. see and then is- years later i found him on grinder and i messaged him on grinder he said hi hello then he asked me who i am i showed him my face he realized who i am and he blocked me again which is just the most dickish thing to do so then like after that thing i stopped the train this really scares me though man <coughs> like i feel really scared for gay kids who who and like it's so dangerous to explore your sexuality you know what i now mean now it's easier yeah. now it is much like now there's so many apps there's social media also designed people are very aesthetically queer on their pro- profiles like even that's why envy abhi generation like even though we have seven years gap like a lot changed in that seven years yeah. six seven years six years whatever uh you know like a lot changed for them because the internet happened so massively later on hmm. like 2009 2010 everything changed hmm. you know so like uh i feel like in that time it was like a whole different change once again can you hear me yeah cool cool yeah but like i mean just uh man it just really shakes me dude it's like this right like like say say hypothetically you smoke ganja right and hmm. and uh, you're sm- you're somebody who smokes uh, ganja and it's illegal so you're smoking pretty much anything and one fine day there's more rat poison than should be you know and and you're yeah. done it's off like you're you you end up getting sick or you end up getting d- dead i mean no i don't know anyone who has uh, died of such no, a but thing I, but actually i wrote an entire article on vice about this because hmm. i I actually put out a story asking for like these cases and this happens more often than you can imagine like even with like these new age apps that the gays have discovered like this one called blued apart from trying to just blued this scruff and uh, these are very shady profiles because like people don't show their faces usually and I have a joke about that as well but in reality the the scary part is that if you don't know the face people are like horny enough to like take that journey and go and meet them also there's one boy my friend posted a story on facebook about this guy he was beaten black and blue dude like he was he was bloody he was still chin was broken his lips were torn and i'm like what happened and i spoke to this guy and he told me like he had to actually leave his house to talk to me because first of all his parents he didn't want him to hear what he had gone through he just told him that he got into a fight somebody stole his phone and he was mugged but exactly that happened to him but with a bunch of gay boys who not i don't even know if they're gay this like the the hooligans who made profile over here and extorted this one young boy and this was not even a solo scenario it happens across the country so many times yeah. you know gullible gay boys and girls and trans kids are like lured in by the idea of sex and then like people snatch their money they beat them up they abuse them and it's very common so it's like you have to have a certain guard about yourself and I think like I'm very lucky that that day I got away from it but it could have happened to me as well you know Yeah that's what So that's what Oh that sounds scary as hell Oh man Now, what strikes me as very very disturbing with this is that you know you were discovering your sexuality at a time when it was illegal to be of that of of that inclination and 
Uh, I mean, inclination is a uh, mild word for what is essentially your default setting as a human being. Uh, but yeah. you know, it, of belonging to this default. Uh, now, with the fact that things have now been uh, decriminalized, do you see uh, somewhat of a reduction in the amount of blackmaily type things that are happening, uh, especially when it comes to cops on these apps and all? Uh, or, or do you feel like it's? I mean, I know you've been in a relationship, but like from from your sutro se kya lagta hai tereko? Uh, funnily enough, I wrote the article after three seven seven. Like this happened last year, you know. So mm. not not much has changed. Uh, personally, like this the same kind of repulsion that people have. Mm. Uh, we've managed to change perspectives. Yes, like through through our uh, activism outreach and like shared by like you know people being existing and like doing the pride and everything. Mm. There has been a marginal like uh, you know interest in like learning about our struggles and lives mm. and. and a lot of people have also been like okay they exist let them exist fine cool hmm. but but then there's like certain certain amount of vitriol like on facebook if you go to see especially like i always condemn geo for this one factor that before education happened in india we got internet in india like before people from the small towns could get even a 10th pass degree they are now using geo to like go online and spread hate Hmm. and like and in india you know that the like, people are such a mess of because of all the economic background situations their homes their families hmm. all the outrage comes on the internet and when they find a target they hmm. you know all the bile comes out even even now like i get so much shit on my comments on youtube hmm. because of like my coming out that hmm. i have to like delete most of them because you know like some of them are very horrible they're not even like human at one point and then i'm like okay i don't want because i know like lot of queer younger kids read my comments on my and watch my video i don't want that negativity over there some of them have pinned in the past to like put in the top saying ki okay take their case yeah. but some of them are just like horrible people and these people are like this hateful you know yeah i can't do anything about that yeah i i suppose that is true i suppose that is true. i was just talking to uh, i was talking to garib scientist uh, on the last podcast episode I don't know what order this will come out in, and and one of the things we were discussing is how important it is for artists to take what scientists do and bring it to people who don't quite understand science as well, you know. Like yeah. our job is to take what academia does and bring it to the masses, and and I feel like that's something that uh, uh, that you do excellently well in that regard. Uh, I, I I don't expect societal change out of one person's comedy career that's not going to happen that's a that's crazy thought that's crazy speak but have you ever seen an individual change have you experienced something like that so i can't speak for people who have felt a change because no one comes and really tells you right hmm. but one person who was vocal about it was ruben hmm. because ruben's mom in fact was very homophobic he would say and uh, and like she came and saw me perform couple of times because when he was organized earlier downbeat comedy shows like there were very few organ on the audience members so like he would have his mom and sister also in the audience mm. sister's pretty hip she's cool she understands but his mom was the tougher exterior person so like after a few mics she like she really liked me as a person and she was like hey are all gay people as funny and cute as him and ruben was like yes <laughs> and she was like you know so i think like in that regard this is a very tangible thing that i can talk to you about because i don't know i i performed to so many people man yeah. like through the years yeah i know that when we perform to an urban audience like performing at a canvas or at a hive or at a cuckoo club we a a habit crowd, we have yeah. like it's yeah it's a crowd that has come and even if there's homophobes they won't be like they are yeah. outnumbered so they they're not open their mouths we have had uh, hecklers people who are against yeah. gay people i am shut i'm yeah. you know well enough to like shut yeah. them down uh, 
outright nobody's told me that hey you are the one. but what happened one time i would tell you like uh which is a great example of what you're asking is uh bangalore comedy festival was happening and you know i went in advance before my show i was there yeah. for 10 days for the entire festival and i would go and open for everybody i could yeah. open for like sonali uh sumit you know karunesh for yeah. you also like whoever i could open yeah. for as a as a opening act i would be like yes i am performing come to yeah. my show also so i remember i was opening for sonali and it was like a room full yeah. of people and uh, i did my set about coming out to my mom the whole sharma ji ko bolo beta mu milete wala set which i really love myself uh said happened people laughed sonali came on we all finished the night and everything uh, next day i get a text on instagram and uh, i'm like hey he's like hey and he's like you don't know me i was in the audience last night and uh, i was there with my friends and i'm like okay he's like i always thought my friends would be like someone would make fun of gay people because of like you know the the natural ability of engines like call gayable names and i'm gay myself so i would keep my mouth shut until i saw them laughing at your set last night mm. i saw them like being on the pro side being really enjoying your yeah. set and you know generally yeah. they were like the the humor was like appealing to them yeah. so yeah i went back to work today and i came yeah. out to them and they were like so chuffed about it yeah and i'm like yeah. hey that's that's what i want you know like it's not like yeah yeah i wanted to make be comfortable in your own skin but if your friends feel okay accepting you that's even yeah. better because then yeah. it's a it's a chain reaction of like yeah. that helping out that's right that's a great that's that's clear see that's that's definite impact dude that's not just like a sidey yeah. thing that's happening because of your comedy you know <laughs> sometimes is getting people to laugh at the same thing that's that's powerful shit man uh, yeah but the last thing i really wanted to talk to you about more than anything else was uh, how you feel about uh uh like the overall representation just sort of coming bringing it back to the beginning where we were in terms of the representation that the 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 gay community and the LG, lgbtqi community in india has uh you know i i personally don't know enough to comment on it but like from what i've understood from you and whatever i've seen from the fringes uh, as an ally of sorts i feel of sorts is weird right i don't know, i got awkward dude i i feel like people will just attack me when i talk about this shit but uh, uh i feel like it's 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 kind of exclusive it's, it feels like an exclusive club you know what i mean you know what i mean not mm. really not really like i think uh what happens with a lot of uh, allies and straight people who want to like enjoy a queer party is that they're not ready for the visual cell shock like when when you come to a gay party it's a fucking gay party there's cross dressing there's loud obnoxious music there's drinking and we we know how to have a good time provided that you're comfortable mm. if you can't watch two gay men kiss or two girls kiss then don't come right. to a gay party right. you know what i'm saying so we are not setting the rules for you to not right. be inclusive we are always like you know i have hosted so many queer parties for different organizations including right. gazi including queering i have i've been very actively involved in that right. scene also in that jam spin also and uh, i've seen like straight people who come there to be a part of it like hey we're all for it don't come just for the upar upar ka part you have to really because it gets down and dirty okay like at a party also like i've also hosted events where like this actual hiv testing happening okay there's people looking out for the community mm, also mm. so uh the reason that we have a sort of exclusivity to our events is because we are scared of our lifestyle not being accepted outside mm. like when abhi and i go to a gay party we do 
become flamboyant. We're not like our usual versions because we know that we'll find at most acceptance yeah. over there. We can be our yeah. absolute no, selves, is, you know. But at normal club, we won't. It's feel interesting that. that you say it. Uh, bring this up because I had a. I was having a conversation uh, with somebody, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, and the conversation was on the lines of this. This is a person who's bi, you know, and and he was telling me, "Ki yar, you know, like it's it's so hard to get." people on the fence to accept you when their only realization of what a gay person is is based on the pride parade and, yeah. and why do gay people have to be so extreme on the pride parade and i'm like but you are forgetting the 364 days a year that that person is forced to not let anything out you know what i mean in public yeah uh, yeah so yeah okay that makes sense yeah perhaps Hmm. And that's like I have even like some of my closest queer friends like this one guy uh, I won't take his name he's pretty famous now because he does ads hmm. and all he's queer but he had the audacity to tell me like fucking the fucking gall of that person he came to my podcast not only my podcast he came to Cyrus's podcast because he was too high profile to come to my show like a cunt uh, he says that I don't come for the pride I come for the after party the photo shoot like when the pride's yeah. ending when the press gathers he comes for that part. and i'm like do you have an a modicum of shame like we fucking go out there and put ourselves out there saying that hey we exist and we are fighting the bigger fight you are just coming for the brownie points and i i that's the fact that there's there's queer people within the scene also who are just like so nonchalant towards the fucking thing that oh somebody else had to fight for you nas foundation had to go and do an affidavit then somebody five people had to appeal keshav suri had to go and file for the court yeah. case and that's how tisens and went away not with your faggot as sitting in the fucking house and being like oh i'm just going to show up with my makeup no bitch fucking shit the fuck down i get so angry because of this because of the very reason that the movement does not belong to you if you don't put your fucking hands in the blood you don't get to say that oh so and so so and so queer community so and so no then you're out of the community fuck off i i become very riled up because i feel very passionately about yeah. this because i got my hands dirty i didn't i just didn't talk about it i actually went ahead and did yeah. shit okay so i know for a fact that this is not an easy thing to just talk and yeah. be done with you have to become bigger than that you have to take everybody along yeah. with you you are not a solo queer entity oh i am on tv now so i am done no what about the trans brethren because they are suffering they are getting killed what the fuck are you doing yeah. for them so that's where my anger comes from because i'm i'm just like this whole possibility like when, when people are lesbian and gay the main fact is oh i am a woman who likes women so i can pass as a mm. woman i'm a man who likes men so i can pass as a man and then my life is solved because now section 37 says made for i'm okay mm. but what about the trans bill what about the the nalsa judgment that was still like you know in debate after so mm. many years what about mm. that like what about asexual people intersex people what about you know giving uh, health benefits to all mm. of these people jobs to mm. all of these people no one talks about that they are like hamara so within the queer community also there's like this whole savarna brahmanical culture which is like upper tier hindu mm. gay boys right wing hindus who will be like still modi supporting amit shah supporting while everybody else can go fuck themselves mm. so it is disparate especially now after 2020 after the old cnrc bill the whole communities edges are literally snatched that's a gay term but they're like mm. very obviously like in disparity now more mm. than ever So good time to like talk about it because I personally have I've been very vocal about this whole tribe of right wing gay mm. boys who are like holier than thou because they don't understand that once the other minorities are done for they are coming next for you mm. you are not safe so shut the fuck up I find know? this very so, such an oxymoron it sounds like almost right like right wing yeah. gay right wing conservative gay people even even right now in America you will see like gays for yeah. Trump right. Like they're putting their own fucking fists up their own mouths and their asses. But it's so interesting to me that like if anybody has a doubt, he like gay log to aisa hamare jaisa nahi rehta. Clearly rehta. 
क्योंकि गेलो में भी है राइट विंगर हमारे में भी है प्रेजुडिस है यू नो दिस बायफोबिया दिस ट्रांसफोबिया दिस सेक्सिज्म दिस मिसोजिनी ऑल ऑफ दिस एग्जिस्ट इन द कम्युनिटी एंड फॉर द फर्स्ट पार्ट ऑफ माय करियर आई ओनली स्पोक अबाउट हाइलाइटिंग द इश्यूज दैट वी फेस बट नाउ आई एम ओपनिंग अप टू लाइक हाइलाइटिंग द इश्यूज दैट वी आर क्रिएटिंग आल्सो विद इन आवरसेल्स सो आई थिंक इट्स इट्स फेयर गेम बाय नाउ यू नो या I feel like, oof, or like full energy vibes now. I'm very politicized because of this only because again, like Abhi and I, we like we spend hours discussing about like how angry it makes us that we are still in this situation in this country. Like we are not, you know, like how modern day feminism in India has also lost its way. Like Kangana Ranaut will talk talk about her being attacked as a woman while a Dalit woman is being like raped yeah. and killed. That's the situation in the queer community. Very similarly, like we are like, oh, I'm sitting in a, in a Pali house and I'm like, oh. somebody called me a faggot and that's bad for me a trans person was butchered to death her body was thrown in the washi creek what the fuck are you yeah. talking about you know what i'm saying so that's the level of disparity right. that we are living in man i think this is going to give a lot of people a lot to think about yeah i yeah. really hope so man i hope that you have listened to this and are going to think about some shit tonight man uh, uh listen understand okay <laughs> <laughs> don't talk <laughs> hey man, I mean, thank you for doing this, dude. This has been a an 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 light an 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 lightening hour. An 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 yeah, and it's also so weird, like to be on this other receiving end because we both interviewed people together on yeah. the lab, and yeah. we were always keeping in cash. But I but you told me way before this AMF recording happened that this will get intense. You will have to dig into yeah. stuff which you are not yeah. really comfortable digging into, but. I wear my life on the yeah. sleeve, man. I don't. I have no fucks to yeah. give anybody. But so, I, I hope it was yeah. everything yeah. that I built it up to be. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. like I have, uh, I've cast out right wing Hindus. My, my job is done. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I also hope, like as my original co-host, I feel like I, I don't know, like you're you're the gold standard. If you think I'm hosting well, then I'm like okay, chalo. So yeah, it's my hope. That's why I waited <laughs> yeah. so long to do it. Also, <laughs> I've been watching all the episodes, like the way you've been like talking to everybody and. I like how you like get in the niche of what they are as people, and then like bring the the flavor yeah. out, which is what we yeah. love to do as as podcast yeah. hosts. And and generally, like the nature of this medium itself is to like get into it deeper. Otherwise, we have like we, we have uh, Kapil Sharma for the over the top. Just yeah. uh, you know, review just, uh, kids getting beaten up or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's also yeah. an option that we have. <laughs> I'm gonna go to hell. Okay, Never. man. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for listening, patrons. Thank you so much for watching, listening, etc. You guys are keeping this first season afloat. Uh, uh, that's all for this week. We'll be back next week. I don't know when this goes out. So, hangi. Tum daro mat. Tum bas aage bharte ro. Fifty two karne. Fifty two hangi. See you guys. Take care. Shabak hai, etc.